tonight. And for the rest of us, if you have your Bibles with you, would you turn to Philippians chapter 3, please? I started what's going to end up being a really short three, three-part series here in Philippians chapter 3 about three weeks ago. So uh, we'll have to refresh our memories here a little bit because the crumps have been absent a little bit this month. I apologize. But uh, anyway, I appreciate all you guys' prayers and everybody helping out and uh, stepping in to, to, to fill parts and, uh, and be here for the building up the body. Um, before we get started, I want to frame this a little bit by asking you, what is it in your life, what is it that fills your heart with passion? What is it that you're really uh, passionate about? What are those things that, that just really fulfill you in your life? What are those things that you really look forward to doing, no matter uh, you know, what time, whatever, whatever it takes, uh, no matter what sacrifice you have to make, no matter what time you have to put into it, what are those things in your life that are really that you're really really passionate about, or you really desire to do all the time? Um, I, I think that we're all built with a, a, a really deep sense of need for something really meaningful and really significant in our lives. Yeah. I, I think we're all built with a, a really deep down desire, and I think it's given to us by God for a really deep desire to be part of something bigger than ourselves, to be part of something that's really meaningful and really significant, uh, something that gives us purpose and meaning. And uh, I, I think of when I, when I think about these things, it reminds me of the movie Braveheart, right, where, uh, uh, what's his name, William Wallace, right, is going, he's trying to recruit people to, to fight for freedom and he uh, gathers people together, and at first they're all like, uh, no, we don't really want to fight. We'd rather be comfortable and safe at our homes. And then he gives this really stirring speech about being free people, and he gives them a purpose. He gives them the purpose and a, and a meaning behind their lives to fight for their freedom, and they become turned from a really timid group of people who are more concerned about their comfort into a people who are forced to be reckoned with uh, in their battle for freedom. Uh, but, you know, we, we, I think we all have that. I think we all have that desire to be just a, a part of something really significant. Um, but there are a lot of people, a lot of authors, a lot of writers, a lot of thinkers who have noticed in this world uh, that people uh, may have the desire, but they don't have anything to fulfill it. Um, uh, Henry David Thoreau wrote, Most men lead lives of quiet desperation and go to the grave with the song still in them. Most men lead quiet lives, or lead lives of quiet desperation, and go to the grave with the song still in them. In other words, if people die uh, still with that yearning, with that longing in their soul for something meaningful, but in this life they don't find it. Um, I noticed too that uh, you know when you go to get a movie, and in our house it's always there are different genres of movies, you know, but in our house it's always it's the the action adventure movie or it's the the romantic comedy movie that we get you know it's one of those two uh, there are other genres out there but those are the main two right that we that we that we like to see and i think the reason is is that in the adventure and action movie we all like to see the part of the hero we all like to see the part of the guy you know who's who's killing all the bad guys and is saving the day and of course there's always a a woman to save there right there's always a beauty to save and and uh, in the romantic comedies, there's always a, uh, these two people, and they do something stupid, and the themes are always the same. The stories are always built the same, right? There's this romantic interest, and they start to get together, and then there's, oh, goodness, there's some misunderstanding, and then they work it all out, and the man does something to heroic, climbs something, or runs to her or something in the end, and everything works out right. And we walk away from those movies feeling good because 
they were a part of something significant. They were a, part, they were a significant part of each other's lives. Or, or the action hero was a part of something meaningful and significant and beating up all the bad guys, right? But I think, you know, we live vicariously sometimes through movies or video games or whatever because we, have, we are built with a need for something significant. We were built with it. We were created that way. And I believe it's a gift from God, actually, that we have a desire for something much greater than ourselves, to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Yeah. Um, we started a couple of weeks ago um, looking in, um, in Philippians and looking through some of the things that the Apostle Paul said. And listen, we are so, you know, I, I don't know if you, you know, sometimes it's hard when you're in the Scriptures that you just kind of, sometimes we take it for granted that we have this stuff. But the Apostle Paul who was maybe the greatest missionary to ever live and the most prolific writer of the New Testament uh, and who really understood and got the, um, the theology of God and church and, and, and how our life with Christ ought to work with our life at home, who really got all this stuff. We have this incredible passage in Philippians 3 where you get a little, a little taste into like a journal almost, uh, li- almost like a journal entry about what he says about the things that are most important to him. And it's a really incredible passage of Scripture, and uh, thank God that we have it today. It's incredibly rich uh, in its content, and it means, it means something to us when we read it. You can read and you can hear the longing and that desire for something greater. You can hear echoed in Paul's words as you read them. So with, with me this morning, would you please, uh, we're going to need to back up a little bit. I didn't give this to Jason, but we're going to need to back up a little bit in the, in the uh, uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. When we get to verse 12, we'll have that on the screen. So if you have your Bible with you, please uh, read with me, beginning in Philippians 3, chapter 7. Whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. In verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. I love those passages. I love those words. They're dripping with meaning and desire and purpose about what Paul really, really wants in this life. And what is it? He says, I want to know Christ. He says, there is nothing compared to this. Everything else I consider not only meaningless, but a loss, confusing, uh, not contributing to the effort of me gaining and knowing Christ Jesus. There's nothing in this life more uh, important than this for me, he says. Uh, And so we take from that context, and now we're going to read. We studied that a couple of weeks ago. We're going to move on to verse 12. And he says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have already taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Amazing stuff. In the, so Paul talks about, he goes from this thing about, I want to know Christ. It is more important than anything else for me in this life. Everything else is contributing and distracting for me. But this one thing that I might know Christ, and then he says in this, in this uh, second passage, he says, I press on. 
that I might gain those things, that thing for which God has called me. We're going to go through these verses now a little bit one at a time. Um, Verse 12, not that I've already attained all this or have been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Uh, uh, I want to point out just a couple of things. God has... um, I'm going to start this, and and we're going to expound into it a little more. So believe me now and hear me later. No, hear me now and believe me later. God has a very unique purpose and a very unique calling on every life. You know what I'm saying? He created us all very individually and very uniquely. But not only that, he calls us into something also very unique and very different. You're going to have to trust me here. We're going to get to that. But uh, uh, and Paul says that he hasn't obtained all of this. He hasn't obtained, uh, you know, understanding or knowing the power of, God's resur- of, of Christ's resurrection or fellowship of sharing his sufferings or becoming like him to his death or attaining the resurrection for the dead. But he wants to know Christ. He hasn't already attained all this or been made perfect. But he presses on toward something. And what is that something? <clears throat> toward Christ. But even more specifically, he says, Christ Jesus took hold of me for a purpose and I'm pressing on to find it. Do you hear what I'm saying? He says, Christ Jesus took hold of me for a reason, for a cause, for a purpose, for a meaning, for something significant that he wants and he desires. And he says, and I'm pressing on to find it. I'm pressing on to find this calling that he's placed on my life. I'm pressing on that I might obtain it and chase after it and pursue it. And the very first thing that I'd like to tell you about is that God has called you as well. He's called you into something specific, something unique, and something uh, that is meaningful and something that fulfills in us a desire to be part of something greater. Uh, but let me not get ahead of myself. Uh, there are a couple of things I want to say about this. Paul saying, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. The first thing is this that, I, that I'd like to say. It wasn't like Paul, it wasn't like it just struck Paul like lightning one day that he became a believer and then all of a sudden he understood completely all of God's calling on his life. It's not like that. Paul says, I press on to take hold of it. I'm not there yet. I haven't attained it all. I I haven't been able to grasp fully or completely why Christ has called me, but he's called me for a purpose and I'm pressing on in my life that I might grab hold of that thing for which Christ Jesus has, has, has taken hold of me. It wasn't handed to him on a silver platter. He didn't learn it vicariously by listening to other people's podcasts. He didn't learn it vicariously by reading other authors' writings on the scriptures. He pressed on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And the, the, the first point here, if you're taking notes, is your calling must be actively pursued. It must be actively pursued. It is not something that comes subconsciously to you while you're sleeping. It's not something that just happens along the way. It is something that you and I must pursue. It's something that you and I must chase after, that we might have the the same attitude as Paul to say, I press on to take hold of that thing, that cause and that calling that Jesus Christ has placed on my life. I'm still trying to take hold of it all. It's a pretty amazing thing that Paul would say something like that in the beginning. Not that I've already obtained all this or have been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of it. You know, by the time of this writing of Philippians, Paul had already taken his third missionary journey, we think, the second or third at least. But at this time in Paul's life, he had seen a crippled man, by by his ministry, he'd seen a crippled man healed and allowed to walk again. 
He had won countless disciples all over the known world. He had been miraculously freed from prison. He'd, been, uh, uh, he'd preached maybe the, the, the most famous or the second most famous uh, uh, preaching in, in, in all the history of the world when he got to stand in Athens at the Areopagus and to address the men, the thinking men of Athens. Uh, he had at this time had seen incredible miracles performed uh, by God through him where he had seen even where handkerchiefs and aprons have touched him, they made sick people well. And even a man who fell from a window, a young man who fell from a window while he was preaching for an extraordinarily long time, was healed by Paul's hand. And yet Paul says this, I haven't attained it all yet. I'm not there. I'm still pressing on. I'm still chasing after this. I'm still trying to, to grasp hold of my calling, and I'm not there yet. Well, can I ask you this morning, are you through pursuing and chasing after your calling? H have you got it really well defined? Listen, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how far you've traveled. I don't care how long you've been chasing and pursuing God. You're not through pursuing your calling. If Paul could travel the known world and say, I'm not there yet, you and I can't say we're there yet. We have to be actively pursuing our calling or we're just not going to find it. This world's going to slip by and we're going to say, all these years and I never found what I was created and called for. The next thing is, our calling is a lifelong pursuit. The first is calling must be actively pursued, but the second thing is your calling is a lifelong pursuit. Um, I want to say something just real specific about this. You and I go through times and phases in our Christian walk where we have moments of clarity and times of confusion. True? All right. I don't care if you've walked with the Lord for 80 years. There are going to be times of, conf of clarity and there are going to be times of confusion. Okay? So don't mistake a time of confusion with God no longer has a purpose and a calling on my life. Do you hear me? This is important. You know, bring the flamethrower, let's set my hair on fire. This is important. Don't confuse a moment of confusion in your Christian walk with, well, God must be done with me. It's just not so. It's just not true. There will be times of clarity. There will be times when you are certain of your purpose and certain of your calling and certain about what God's called you to next. And then there will be times of confusion where you say, Lord, I thought this is what you were doing. And it may be a time that he's redirecting you, or it may be a time where he's pruning you, and he's saying, this is not a time of fruit. This is a time of pruning. And you know, when we have fruit in our lives, Clayton, I got to talk about this about a month ago, but when we have a time of, 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 of pruning, we all look to God and we're all confused. What are you doing? Why is there no fruit? It's because we have moments in our lives. We have periods, phases in our lives where we need pruning, not growth, but pruning. Don't confuse the times of pruning and the times of God developing and working on your character to think that he's doing nothing in your life. Those times of pruning are, are as or maybe more important than the times of fruit. Okay? Everybody get it? If, you've been, if you have in the past, if you've pursued and chased after and studied and prayed to God for, for clarity in your calling... And then you went through a time of pruning or confusion where you didn't know what in the world he was doing. Don't give up. Don't stop. There are times and phases in our lives because we need those in our lives to grow. But listen, don't give up. If you've gone through your life where you've really felt like you've sought after the Lord and sought after him and, and you didn't answer like you thought he should, don't give up. 
Don't stop. You keep pursuing. This is a lifelong pursuit. If the Apostle Paul can, can, can uh, follow God all over the known world uh, and still say, but I'm pressing on, I'm continuing, I'm trying to take hold of that calling that God's placed on my life, I'm still trying to take hold of it, uh, it's certainly true of us. You press on. It's a lifelong thing. It's a lifelong calling, uh, and you don't give up. Uh, one more thing I might say about this. How many times, how many people here have said, I've had the calling of God um, given to me in all at one shot my whole life, just laid out? I don't know that there's anyone ever in the world that God does that with. He is much more interested in immediate, short-term, next-step instruction than he is laying it all out for us, isn't he? Well, I don't really know that. I don't really understand that about him. I know it's really frustrating, isn't it, for us as people? We'd really just lay it out, Lord. We'd just like to see it all. Uh, but, but for some reason, in his, uh, in his sovereignty, in his wisdom, he just tells us what's next. What's the next step? What's the next thing? You, even see, you can even see in Paul's writings sometimes that there was confusion about where they should go, and they waited, and they prayed, and they waited, and they waited on the Lord, and the Lord would give him a dream or give him a vision about what to do next. There will be times of confusion. There will be times of waiting, uh, but you don't give up. The next thing is this, is uh, our calling must be actively pursued. Our calling is a lifelong pursuit. And the next one is our calling is unique. Listen to what he says there in verse, in verse 12. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He says, Christ Jesus took hold of me for a purpose, and I'm trying to discover it. In verse 14, he says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He says, for some purpose, there's a goal for me, there's a prize for me for which God's called me heavenward, and I'm, I'm still pursuing, I'm still chasing after that, but that's what God has done in me is that he set a goal for me and he set a prize for me when I accomplish what I'm supposed to accomplish in this life, and I'm busy pursuing it. And can I tell you this morning, Christian, is that you and I are the same way. We have a unique calling on our lives. And the great tragedy of modern-day Christianity is that we've become very lazy in pursuing God ourselves. And we pursue God vicariously through someone else. Can I tell you, if you're always reading another book or, or podcasting someone else, they are realizing and, and coming across and studying the scriptures themselves, they're learning about God, something that they can't pass on to. You can't, you can't follow someone vicariously. You can only follow Christ personally. And listen, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with reading Christian books. There is nothing wrong with, with listening to podcasts. You should do all of those things, but not at the sake of pursuing God yourself. There is no substitute to your pursuing God yourself. There is none. Are you with me? Everybody hear me? All right. This is important stuff. It is unique, and you will never discover. Listen, you will never discover. You will always be pursuing someone else's calling if you're always getting uh, your relationship with God secondhand. It doesn't work that way. You have to pursue and to follow and to chase after him yourself. Your calling is yours. My calling is mine. God created us uniquely and calls us to unique work. Um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, with which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's a pretty amazing passage. It says that God created in you a workmanship. He created you like a, the, the word there can mean like a, like a work of art. And he's prepared you as a work of art, and he's prepared work for you to do. And the disconnect is, is when we don't know what we're supposed to be doing. But when we learn, 
when we listen, when we're in prayer and we're pursuing God, and suddenly there's a link. Suddenly I, I understand my place. I understand what I'm supposed to be doing. I understand that there's work for me to, to be done, that God's already prepared for me in advance, and all I've got to do is walk in it by faith. All right, we're not going to spend a lot more time there, but you must discover it for yourself. You cannot discover it through someone else. Uh, you have to press on. You have to press on. You have to no. You have to follow. You have to pursue God. You can't get it from someone else. The last thing is, yeah, your calling must be actively pursued. Your calling is a lifelong pursuit. Your calling is unique. And the last thing is, your calling cannot be separated from your relationship with Jesus Christ. I think Philippians 3, Paul wrote the way he wrote because knowing Christ is inseparable from following him. Do you hear what I'm saying? You cannot say, Lord, just give me my next task. Just give me the next thing because God is infinitely more interested in you as a person than he is for what, in, for what you can do for him, right? God's not sitting up in heaven saying, oh, woe is me, I can't get all my work done because I don't have enough people. It's not that way, right? He is an infinite God. He accomplishes whatever he wills, and he asks us to join us, but he doesn't need us. He is infinitely more interested in you than what you can do for him. You cannot separate your calling from this relationship. And part of your calling is to follow and chase after and wanting to know Christ like Paul wants to know Christ. It is the pinnacle of, of Christianity. This is the most important part of you being a Christian is how well are you knowing God? Every other part of Christianity comes from this. Every other part of our obedience and our faith comes from this one thing. How well do you know him? How well are you learning about him? How well are you spending time communing with him? Because Jesus said one time, right, what? Apart from me, you can do nothing. <coughs> All right. Um, I'm going to skip a little bit ahead here, Jason. In case you're thinking that all these passages, okay, all these passages are great, David. Listen, you know, I believe Paul believed that. You know, and he was certainly called to do things that I'm not called to do. Uh, and, and certainly he had a calling and he had a passion in his life. But you know what? I'm just not built that way. I'm not sure that that translates to other believers. Look with me in verse, uh, in verse 15. He's just said, I want to know Christ. I want to know him more than anything else. And he says, and I, want to, I want to pursue. I want to press on until I take hold of that thing that calling for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. And he says in verse 15, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. I love the way Paul writes sometimes. He says, you know what? If you think differently than what I've just said, that's okay. Go pray and God will make it more clear to you because I'm right. <laughs> right? He says, I want to know Christ. And I'm pressing on to take hold of that calling that thing that, does, that, that, that thing that's so much bigger than me that he's called me to. He says, I'm pressing on to it. And every one of us who is mature, every one of us who is a believer, who's actively following Jesus Christ, ought to have the same mindset. And if you don't, you go pray about it. And you'll find out it's true. Yeah. It's not just Paul. It's you and me. It's all of us who are called, uh, all of us who are Christians, all of us... Uh, have a calling of God on our lives. I believe that God put a desire in your heart and in my heart to be a part of something significant. Yeah? 
I believe that that was purposeful. I believe he's given us a calling on our lives that is very unique to you, but one that you must pursue and follow after and chase and pursue as you're following and chasing and pursuing him. Yeah. And I think further, when you find it, you're going to find greater passion, greater purpose in your life, greater meaning, and you'll be a part of something bigger than you. And we all need something like that in our lives. Amen. Amen. We're going to continue this a little bit next week as we talk about the reason why God calls us. But before we do, I want to close with this. In Acts chapter 20, I didn't, I didn't give this to Jason. Acts chapter 20, you've got to read one more little part that Paul wrote. Acts chapter 20. <clears throat> Let me tell you what's going on here very quickly. Paul's leaving Ephesus, and Ephesus has been quite an uproar for, for Paul, to say the least. Uh, but there's been, a really, there's been a group of believers there who have just come to love Paul. He's been there a few times, and they don't want him to leave because they're afraid of what's going to happen to him. But Paul's saying, for some reason, God's calling me back to Jerusalem. And they're pleading with him, don't go. You know, don't go. We don't want to see you killed. But in verse, uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 22, Paul's talking to them, talking to these people who love him so very much in Ephesus. And now compelled by the Spirit, Paul says, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. I want to pause there for just a moment, everybody. Let me have your eyes for just a moment. Paul says, I don't know what's coming except for hardship and prison. All right? But he says... But he, and he's fixing to tell you, but none of that matters compared to this. You ready? Okay. I'll th- give me the hardship in the prison because there's something bigger than all that. He says, however, in verse 24, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Yeah? Incredible words. He says, bring the prison Bring the hardships because this life didn't matter if I didn't follow through with my calling. If I don't give my life to testifying about God's grace and his gospel, then nothing else mattered. So bring prison, bring hardship, whatever it is, because my life didn't count if I don't follow through with this. Those are powerful words from a powerful man with a powerful calling on his life. I imagine that Paul didn't have a lot of time of quiet desperation, you know? In fact, we can read a little letter later in 2 Timothy where Paul says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I'm ready for my prize. Bring it. <laughs> All right. Would you pray with me? Before we do that, I want to I ask you to do some things this week. You have a desire for significance in your life and meaning, don't you? I, I do too. Would you give that over to God? Would you tell him, look, you know, here's the problem. Sometimes we people, we go take and we shop around with that desire. We're thinking, I'm going to find this in this this satisfaction, this fulfillment in my job, and then we don't. Or I'm going to find it in love. I'm going to find it in a man or a woman, and then things break apart and things fall apart, and they don't work so good when we're looking for that in someone else. Or I'm going to find this and just trying to be the very best at what I do, and then there's always someone better, right? God says, and we're going to talk about this a little more next week, don't want to give too much away, but God says, you take that desire and you bring it to me. I'll show you a calling. I'll, I'll fulfill your desire for significance in your life. I'll bring it to you. you. You come give it to me, and on one step at a time, I'm going to fulfill that need for meaning and significance in your life. 
and, and, uh, and I'm going to give you a calling like the Apostle Paul had, that's, that you would say like he would, I don't care what happens to me, I've got to do this. I've got to do this thing. I've got to do this thing that God's called me to. I've got to fulfill my purpose on this earth. I've got I to be a part of this. I've got to be a part of something much bigger than me. We're going to talk about that a little bit more next week. But you give that over to him, and you ask him to show, him, show you one day at a time, one step at a time, how to fulfill that need, that, that desire for significance in your life. Would you do that? Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time that we've had together. We thank you for the life of the Apostle Paul, who, uh, Lord, like us, wasn't a perfect man. In fact, he had, uh, he had started off way on the wrong track. He started off persecuting the church until you came and you showed up one day and you changed his life forever. Father, I pray, like the Apostle Paul, that you would make clear to us the calling that you've placed on our lives. Every, each and every one of us, you've called us to different places. You've put us in different places. Uh, you've surrounded us with different friends. You've surrounded us with different people. You've put us at different jobs or schools or classrooms, Lord God, that you might fulfill your calling in us, that you might fulfill your, your desire for us, Lord God. And you've given us a deep sense, a deep uh, uh, yearning, a longing for, for significance and meaning. So, Father, I pray, help us not grow tired of chasing after you. Help us, Lord, those, for those of us, Lord, who've, who've been on the sidelines in, in, a, in some, some state of confusion about what you're doing around us, Lord God. I pray that you give us the desire to seek after you again, to seek after this calling, this thing that you've placed in our lives, Lord God, that we might know you and that we might fulfill uh, the, this, this calling that you've placed on our lives, Lord God. I pray that for everyone here, Lord God, that, not, that we would be uh, so afraid, so 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 uh, longing for something significant, Lord, that it would just uh, chase us right to you, Lord God, that we might find our significance in you. I pray that, Lord God, for everyone here this morning. We ask this in Jesus' great name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being here today. Great, great to see you guys. Thank you.